Hi, and welcome to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and it's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. Stay tuned till the end of the video to learn more about my mental health courses, discounts, and other news related to Therapy in a Nutshell. I hope you enjoy the episode. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. All right, let's jump in. I am really excited to have a special guest today. It's Dr. Martin Rossman. He'll be joining us to talk about how we can manage our worry and our stress better. And he's a medical doctor who specializes in mind-body medicine. And he's written the book, The Worry Solution. He's got courses out there on how to use our imagination and imagery to improve our relationship with our mind. This is part one of my interview with Dr. Martin Rossman. We discussed the importance of a holistic approach to mental health and wellness and how the body and mind impact each other and the importance of nutrition in mental and physical health. Dr. Rossman has been studying integrative medicine for over 50 years and brings great insight on how to get feeling better physically and mentally. I'm excited to share this with you and I hope you enjoy part one. Let's jump into the conversation. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really honored that you would want to talk with me. Thank you for having me. To, to my honor. Oh, thanks. Now, I know one of the things that you do, you're a medical doctor, right? Correct. One of the things that you do a lot of work in is kind of mind-body medicine. Mm-hmm. And people who've watched my channel or listened to my podcast a lot know that I talk a lot about how physical health really is the foundation for mental health. And they they know that I talk a lot about how exercise and nutrition and getting sunlight and getting sleep are really, really essential to managing mental health conditions and just having good mental wellness overall. Now, I'm curious for you, if someone came to you to see you and said, oh, I'm having depression or I'm experiencing anxiety, are there other like physiological things or physical aspects or tests you would run or things you would suggest for them to look into to explore how they can improve, you know, their physical health and how that might be impacting their mental health? Oh, absolutely. You know, as a medical doctor, um, I'm also an acupuncturist and we do a lot of nutritional medicine and mind-body mm-hmm. medicine. So my practice is really oriented towards those things that kind of support health and healing but i always start with a really thorough medical interview and history and go over you know not only why the person's there what they've done what kind of diagnostics they've had i want to make sure that they've had a really thorough good medical evaluation so that we're ruling out perhaps an illness or a disease that needs to be addressed in some other way. Now, most of the people who come to see me have been to dozens of doctors. Yeah. You no, know, there's there's a certain percentage of people who are health oriented, as you know, and you know, like to exercise and eat well and have a lot of energy and and they either grow up or convert early to a, a healthy lifestyle. So there's a certain percentage of those, but still most of my practice and even in Marin County, where I live, which is a very wellness and health-oriented place, still most people are in the medical model, which is kind of like nothing's my 
fault or responsibility. And it's just like stuff happens, which it does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the model is you're walking along and you're perfectly healthy and then something grabs you from outer space and you've got an illness, you know, that's like a discarnate entity and those things do happen. But, um, and that's actually how I got into what we used to call holistic medicine and now call integrative medicine is that I was working with the urban poor. And so seeing all day long people with diabetes and hypertension and lung disease and they're, you know, weighed 300 pounds and eating a lot of sugar and drinking a lot of alcohol and smoking a lot of cigarettes and being sedentary and and anxious and depressed as you know from that and we knew even at that time which is 50 years ago that if you change those things if you could get somebody to change their diet and exercise and so on and so forth that they could lose most of those illnesses but mm -hmm. the challenge was how do you get people to change and that's where that's where the psychology came in and why i got so interested I was always interested in psychology, but that's where I got interested. And in. how do you how do you support people in making changes that on the one hand they want to make and on the other hand there are a lot of barriers to? Yeah. And that's why I started studying various kinds of psychology and ran into imagery as a tool in a train in a psychosynthesis training mm. and found that to be very powerful and started to use it with some of my medical patients. But I always, the first thing I always do is I want to make sure my patients have been taken well care of medically. Yeah. And most of them have, and that hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. That opens the door for, for other things, be it acupuncture or Chinese medicine, which is often sort of a transitional place because if people respond well to acupuncture and you're not putting anything into them mm -hmm. and they respond well you can say well look your your body's repair systems and healing systems are there and they're working for you mm -hmm. would you like would you like to learn some other things that can help that work even better and that's where that's where food and nutrition come in that's where exercise comes in so that typically is how how we get there in my practice yeah. And, and, and it makes sense. I mean, what you just listed, right? Food, nutrition, exercise. Well, these are the fundamentals of yeah. health. And one of the really strange things is, and I have a lot of respect for certain things in conventional medicine. They're quite remarkable and never mm -hmm. existed before. But on the broad picture, again, the way that we approach health and from a public health standpoint we learned nothing in medical school about nutrition i mean right there were twenty thousand hours of study in medical school we spent four four out of twenty thousand on nutrition and that was you know how to what kind of a diet do you give somebody with a peptic ulcer what kind of a diet do you give a diabetic and while we always knew that there was that what was going on upstairs with people and the way they thought and how they handled stress and how they handled emotions and again which is generally subpar in our in you know in our culture we're kind of a an emotionally illiterate culture we yeah. don't, we don't have any well 
formed traditions, you know, we're so diverse for one thing. We don't have any well-formed channels or conduits for how to handle difficult emotions like anger or fear. And so, so we have all this overeating and alcoholism and drug addiction and mm-hmm. ways that we ways that we try to get through the day. Yeah. And try to maintain our balance, you know, and the only thing that's wrong with them, uh, to me, it's not a moral thing. It's just that they're toxic. Mm-hmm. If you manage your emotions by smoking cigarettes over the years, it's going to take a toll. Or if you're drinking too yeah. much or if you're weighing 300 pounds and you have diabetes and that's the way you can emotionally get through the day. So a lot of my focus besides the therapeutics of mind body medicine is the, the the wellness aspect and what are what are the practices what are the tools what are the skills that allow you to take more charge of your life and be less stressed and be happier and be more confident and feel more like you can make a change that you want to make and and that's what i've been focusing on a lot for the last many years. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think I think a lot of people don't realize how much of an impact that can have. Like there's recent studies coming out showing you can decrease your risk of depression by 35% by strictly following a Mediterranean diet, which is, you know, high high vegetables, high plants, colorful foods and low, lower in processed foods, lower in, you know, the the bad fats, uh highly yeah. saturated fats yeah. and things like that. So starting from that with a person who's open to that is I'm um totally in agreement with you and in my practice i kind of think of it as looking for the open receptor sites Mm. so people come in and they're open to acupuncture so we start with acupuncture or they come in looking for nutritional guidance so we Mm. start there or they come for stress management or guided imagery or relaxation training so we start there for the path of least resistance yeah and you start there and then because if people do better then they then they look to you and they say okay what else you got you know this was helpful I totally agree. I think in in the past, I used to kind of throw resources at people. Like some of my courses are kind of intense. I've just got all these ideas and all these ideas and all these things. And and now I'm trying to emphasize this idea of like, listen to this course and write down some of the things you might be thinking about changing. And then just pick one of them that's the easiest for you. And if that one gives you a little bit more energy or a little bit, gets you a little bit feeling better, then you'll have that much more energy to maybe try the next easiest one on your list. Like just pick the low hanging fruit. Let's start there exactly right yeah so that's i've always liked looking for the sort of the emotional mental spiritual receptor sites you know just what are you open to yeah and uh, let's Hmm. start there i like that i like that a lot now i I just have i have two more questions when it comes to mind body so i guess my first one is do you ever recommend supplementing with multivitamins multiminerals and one of the reasons i ask this is i've I've been doing quite a bit of reading. I've got a book called The Better Brain. And it, it, I mean, it talks about how like multinutrient, multimineral supplementation has shown some benefits. But I think the research is really quite emerging to determine which which nutrients or combinations are helpful for which people and the placebo effect. And, and uh, you know, a lot of vitamins and supplements really are just kind of 
placebo effect from my perspective, or we just don't know. We just don't have enough information to know the the outcome of that. So I'd be curious what your perspective is on on supplementation. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, because every other year, some big study comes out and they say, well, you know, multivitamin minerals, they're worthless. They don't do anything. People are just making expensive urine. And right, right. Yeah. Money. And then the next year, one comes out and says, like, yeah, everybody should be on a multivitamin mineral. And, yeah. and what makes sense to me and the way I address it in my practice, first of all, I have several really good nutritionists that I work with who are really steeped in in the science and the um as well as the practicality of nutrition and i've come over the years to to use laboratory testing a lot so mm. i do certain laboratory tests which can give us kind of a biological and, and physiologic profile of that person and actually show us evidence that this person's body is asking for more of this, more of this, got plenty of that, and so on and so forth. So it's so we can custom tailor the supplementation for people. That's what makes sense to me. Like yeah. We can do that now. There's some there's some pretty good testing. And so just like we do in medicine, why not use that to see what that person needs as opposed to you know the multivitamin minerals like it's like throwing fertilizer on the garden it's yeah well what if some of it goes to waste you know there's a lot of nutrient deficiency micronutrient deficiency the soil tends to be depleted many of the crops are depleted yeah you know, so if you eat locally and organically and you grow your own food and and eat a lot of variety you're going to be less likely to have that but even people who eat very well, they've got they have genetic variations that make it necessary to have a particular form of certain vitamins. The most common one being the methylation factors and the yeah, you know the the, the type of methylfolate and B twelve that one person may be able to utilize, the next person can't. Mm -hmm. So that's how I approach that particular. Ooh, that's 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 really interesting. And I, I just want to keep asking questions about this. But just for my audience, I, I do want to share one example. So when I was pregnant, I just had a baby last June. Mm -hmm. And while like probably between thank you, I've got four of them. So I'm quite busy. But in, you know, end of my second trimester, I started just having leg cramps every night, like four to five, like bad leg cramps every night, enough to wake me up. I talked to my OB and I'm like, look, I've read, you know, magnesium may be helpful. And he's like, yeah, it's probably not magnesium. It probably. And I said, well, is it safe for me to take magnesium? He said, yeah, to this dose, like you can try it, give it a try, but you probably just need to stretch more. I also was experiencing a lot of anxiety at that time. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things going on with my business and, and everything. So my, my OB said, yeah, sure, go ahead and try some. So I, I supplemented with some um, magnesium and I went from having four to five leg cramps a night to having maybe one a month. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, absolutely in that situation, I was, I'm pretty positive. I was magnesium de depleted, you know. Well, almost 40% of Americans are. Yeah. And, uh, and my anxiety, I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry. If you hear muscle cramps, anxiety, sleep problems, constipation, yeah. the very first thing you do is magnesium. It's yeah. Safe. Most, almost half people are deficient in it and it's very safe. But. 
And yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the number one, I mean, I'm not trying to give medical advice, but as far as my research shows, the, the biggest risk factor is that you'll get loose bowels if you if you try it. Like it's not a it's not very dangerous or like harmful thing to try, especially at proper doses. And what the side effect I noticed is that my anxiety went down probably by a third at least. Like a significant decrease very in my Mm -hmm. So then my question for you is, and obviously I would encourage people to work with a, a well-informed doctor because I have talked with some doctors. I have asked them this question and many of them say, eh, vitamins, just expensive urine. Like there are many doctors who really, they aren't informed on this. And I have no education in it. That's right. They just like haven't been educated. Before, in. I had four hours out of 20,000 in medical school. So doctors, doctors sometimes think because they're smart and they know a lot of stuff that they they're entitled to give opinions on things they don't know much about. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, and for most doctors, that's nutrition. Most doctors are not educated in nutrition yeah, uh, unless they've taken it on themselves to do postgraduate education. So is there a laundry list of things that a well-informed doctor would check when they look at labs? Yeah, there's a couple of test panels that I use. I use one that's, that has five panels. It looks at vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, heavy metals, and essential fatty acids. So mm. okay. it looks a very wide range of things. And a lot of times we look at what's in the, how the digestion's functioning. That's a different test. And sometimes we'll screen for food sensitivities or things like that. So that's a typical beginning workup on a nutritional level. I hope you enjoyed part one of my conversation with Dr. Rossman. He is such a knowledgeable doctor and has so many good insights on how the mind and body can work together to find health and wellness. In part two, we will dive even deeper into the connection of the mind and body and how we can manage worry and stress with our own imagination. So go listen to part two and take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.